Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Hit us up on the text line 704-570-9610. Hit up those social medias. We're always giving you the content at WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. At Walker Mail, at West Bryant underscore 72, and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram as well. And it is time to go to the campus. Count All right, SEC Media Days have wrapped up, and the preseason media poll is out. The East, the media chose Georgia, followed by Tennessee and South Carolina at number three, ahead of Kentucky and Florida. And then in the West, Big Bad Bama, as many would expect, at number one, followed by LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Those are your top five in both. I like Georgia coming out of the East, man. Something in me, though, I want to pick Tennessee. I just feel like Georgia, with all of the turnover, the quarterback situation, Carson Beck could very well turn out to be a star, but I just feel like Georgia has so much to replace on both sides. I know the recruiting is there, but then I don't know if I buy into the Joe Milton hype either. So that's, gonna, what, that's what I wanted to ask yeah. you about because you are interested in Tennessee, but you asked us if we were buying into the Joe Milton hype. Yes. But he's all for it. And uh, look, I am a sucker for a big old arm. If you can throw <laughs> 75 yards, I'm going to be intrigued. So He said his greatest throw whew. of all time, he said he wouldn't divulge it. He said, but it starts with a nine. I mean, maybe I believe it. Uh, I'm all in on Joe Milton in Tennessee, especially with Josh Heupel running that offense. They've been nothing but dynamic, if we want to continue with that word, since Heupel came over as the head coach. And I think they can have that transition from Hooker. Remember, Hendon Hooker, good quarterback for sure coming in. But, man, when you talk about Hendon Hooker having the kind of glow up that he did in that offense, maybe Joe Milton is somebody else that uh, can be a star playing for Tennessee. So I'm kind of with it. Look, I'm I'm not going to pick against Georgia. They are already gave us the benefit of the doubt as far as the reload value goes, but very interested in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee, number one in the country last year in plays gaining 40-plus yards. They were first in the country with 36 of those, and I think the gas got put on him even more, especially when Hendon Hooker went down, goes for 147 yards and a touch against Vandy, but then going up against a pretty good Clemson defense, not as good as they have been, 251 yards, three touchdowns, Some of the big dogs from Clemson, too, were sitting out for NFL draft and things of that nature. So I don't know, man. Joe Milton, I just got a little bit dicey off what I saw from him at Michigan. Just the the, the inaccuracy there. And I know he has Heupel as his coach, but that's kind of what worried me a lot. I I, I did start to dismiss him just a little bit of just a guy with a big arm. And that's about it because uh, Tennessee, the first year he got there, he's 51%. 51.6 completion percentage and at uh, Michigan the one year he had 56.7 
How surprised are you to see the gap closing in first place votes between Alabama and LSU? Because 165 votes went to Alabama, 117 went to LSU. You surprised at all by that? Well, I mean, I've got LSU winning the West. So, Uh, no. I'm going with LSU. I think Brian Kelly, like I said, he just had the hardest time finding those linemen at Notre Dame to be able to compete with the SEC teams, with the Clemsons of the world. Now I think that he's at a place where he can get those guys with no problem. I think that we're going to see Brian Kelly uh, really insert himself into the conversation as one of the nation's best coaches. Carolina and Kansas, they have agreed to a home-and-home. This is going to be pretty cool and historic. It will be Kansas' first time coming to Chapel Hill. So how excited are you two Tar Heels about this matchup happening, this home and home? Yeah, how about this? So North Carolina, Kansas, two of college basketball's legendary programs. They've agreed to play games on each other's campuses 2024-25 and then 25-26. The Tar Heels will travel to Kansas for just the second time ever. That's the crazy thing. Kansas will come to Chapel Hill for the first time, but it's not like UNC ever goes to Kansas all that much. First time since 1960. How about that? 1960. Now, I'm excited for sure. If you, I'm excited too. It's going to be pretty cool. If you love college basketball to have these historic programs face one another, then it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited. I am not as excited as Fitty, who was giddy Fitty. As soon as he got the news <laughs> giddy scrolling across his timeline, had to call his boy Flounder, had to get the laptop up and write something for Heel Tough Blog and say, hey, Flounder, this is a big deal. This might need to be a solo podcast where we only talk about this. It's that big of a storyline. So I haven't seen you this excited about Carolina basketball, well, since they made the Final Four last year and beat Duke. I mean, the thing is, is that like, so like... The first thing, this comes full circle that Roy Williams has retired because he was asked about this whenever he was Carolina's coach. Would you ever go play at Kansas? And it was a defiant no. There's too many memories there. He didn't want to play a game there and have to dress in the, in the visitor's locker room. You're talking about two of college basketball's Blue Bloods, the sport that it is built on. The first time Kansas has come into Chapel Hill. They've played in the, in the Tar Heel State two other times. They played in Reynolds Coliseum. And then they played, I think, at the Charlotte Coliseum and Michael Jordan's first ever game as a Tar Heel. Carolina's going back for the first time since 1960. You look at all the NCAA tournament history, the 57 National Championship, Roy beating Dean in 91, Dean beating Roy in 93. They just played in the national title game in 2022. This is a really big deal, and it's a win for college basketball in the non-conference portion of their season. Is he done with the uh, Carolina-Kansas history lesson? Wow. Right there? I felt I like we were in class. interesting, Wes. <laughs> wow. no, I enjoyed Wes it. I just was, wanted to tease him. Wes, Wes was dying over here. He could not hear anything more. <laughs> anymore. If you would have gotten anything more, then I think he just would have left you the You know, studio. I had to go, you know, discredit it just a little bit. No, all of those factors were pretty cool, and a guy that's going to be playing in uh, one of those games, Armando Baycott, Oh, wait, he's not going to be playing no, that game, right? No, he's That's done. What I said. Yeah, yeah. He, he's fine. Dude, Hubert Davis said that emphatically in his press conference the other day. Even if he wants to come back, if the NCAA created another loophole, Mondo's time at Carolina, it's coming to an end. Right, but he looks to make this last year his best because he's been training with NBA trainer Chris Brickley. He's one of the more renowned trainers out there. Shooting the three is Armando Baycott. He's looking to get himself NBA ready. Fitty, what do you think about this, especially with him shooting the three? Are you going to be yelling no, no, no every time he hoisted <laughs> up from deep? Most likely because, I mean, his shooting stroke doesn't allow you to believe he's going to be a great three-point shooter. 
This is where people get mad at me when I criticize Sean May as a big man coach because I don't think Armando has improved over his four years. He's just been a steady guy, not a lot of bounce and stuff like that. If he takes his game to another level and R.J. Davis is what he is and the transfers are what they think they are, I think you could see a picture where Carolina is at least a second weekend of the tournament type of team again. So I'm trying to go back to some of the big guys that played for North Carolina that were only post-centric. It was only in the post that they were doing their work and that eventually, maybe even surprisingly so, would extend their game out to the three-point line. Tyler Hansborough comes to mind. Yeah, he'd mm-hmm. step out and hit the occasional three. So, Duke. Yeah, so, I mean, 100%. Hmm. That's the game I immediately think of as well. .7 attempts per game his senior season. That was up from .2 his junior season. I can't think of really anybody else. John Henson was kind of the opposite, where his first season at Carolina played on the perimeter a little more so and then only became the shot blocker, low post defender. Is there anybody else I can't remember, Fitty? You know, I, I always thought because Zeller was such just a great, like, popping, like, you know, a nice pick and roll guy, that if he ever developed a three point shot, it would have been there because he had a very, he could shoot the 16 to 18 footer. Jalen Washington's a guy on the roster that is going to be that. Yeah. And Walker Kessler coming out was supposed to be that type of guy, but they found out, hey, he's he's seven one with a nine foot wingspan. Put his ass inside. Yeah, and and now he's not even shooting well in the NBA. By the way, the whole three point shooting conversation surrounding Walker Kessler it, it hasn't worked out at any stage. Last thing for me though, the other two guys, maybe Garrison Brooks. He yeah. extended his range what a bad. little bit as his college career went he on. Did. And um, also, I don't think it counts, but Luke May. Luke May is someone that kind of had it from the get-go, more so than he extended it, but he just shot on higher volume and had that big old jump and became the ACC's most improved player from sophomore to junior campaign. Biddy, are you going to add in Ask Kentucky when he said that about uh, Luke May being able to shoot? Ask Kentucky. I was trying not to (laughs) troll the whole entire segment or bore you, which I did both. Uh, We're we're getting Rashid Wallace uh, mentions, by the way, but he came in being able to shoot, or did he extend his range as he was working in Carolina? I feel like he kind of extended it as it went. I feel like that. Bryce, see, Bryce Johnson I came up with, but he didn't extend his range. God, no. He was yeah. just an emphatic dunker. Yeah, Isaiah Hicks, no, boy. I mean, oh. he was only dunking. Oh, he no. Was, <laughs> don't shoot it. <laughs> Love Isaiah Hicks. Love Isaiah Hicks. But no, I did not want him shooting. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Time now for the campus. Coda! All right. We got some sound bites. Let's start with Biff Pogey before we move on to Mike Hill. Biff Pogey at the AAC Media Days down in Texas. Whew. He said he was excited to move to a bigger stage, and they're ready to compete as they transition conferences. What the league accomplished last year is incredible. What Tulane did was incredible. But there's a lot of depth in the league. There's a lot of teams that are really good. 
we're excited to have the opportunity to move to a bigger stage, and uh, we're really looking forward to, uh, to participating. Yeah, Biff Pogey, we're not some Conference USA team coming into this conference, end quote. My man, Biff Pogey, he might have only had three comments today because there were only three questions answered, but in those three, he managed to give you some sound bites, especially with his dismount being a little bit better than Willie P's. No disrespect to Steamboat Willie P. What do you make of that comment? We're not some Conference USA team going to the AAC. I, and look, may, maybe I'm wrong. Let's, let's just keep it locally. Has any other coach put more pressure on themselves to deliver in year one than Biff Pogey has? So I heard Kyle talking about this with you, and he said financially, no, because Biff Pogey is worth a ton of money, way more than the usual coach getting this kind of big break in the sense of him becoming a head coach at a college for the first time. Because this man worked on Wall Street, because the man is a millionaire, no, financially, there's not a lot of pressure. But we know that these coaches care about this stuff. We know that Biff Pogey did not sign up for this job just to lose. And so if you lose more games than you're expected to and what you expect of yourself by ending your press conference saying, we get the message loud and clear why you rank us last within this conference. Hey, if you don't think that you should be last, that's great. I love it as a Charlotte fan, but you are right to some degree. He's coming out. He's firing on all accounts, saying, no, we demand our respect, and we're going to show you out there on the football field that we can win. If you don't, then, yeah, these comments are going to come back to bite you. That's just how it bites you. That's how it is. Yeah. But I, I think you're right, and I think it's also good. I think both of those things can be true for Biff Poach. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's it, like in our position, like we want Charlotte to win. We want them to be good. We want them to be a talking point on the station. But, man, it's kind of like, are you ready for the the reverse, like the negative energy if you fall flat on your face? Like, you've come out and said, we're going to be a top 15 defense in the country. We're not a Conference USA team. We're ready to compete in a conference that Tulane beat USC a year ago. USC had the Heisman Trophy winner. Like, there's good football to be played here in the American. So, I hope he delivers. But you got to keep the same energy if you fall flat on your face. I'll tell you this, man. I'd rather my coach be that confident than not. You yeah. know, say like, hey, you know, we'll see what happens, yada, yada. No, nah, I'm cool with this. You go ahead and be confident. You go win those games because we're starving for it as Charlotte 49er fans. Now, here I am talking about the dismount. We have the audio. Here's Biff Pogey leaving the podium at the end of his media availability. That's it. Three questions. Maybe that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. So that that we get that message. Thank you. <laughs> Pounding the gavel into the podium. That's it. Thank you. This Pogey is so football coach. I mean, he is so football coach, man. I love every bit of it. We have plenty of questions, by the way, coach. Like, come on. I'll have more than three for you. If you allow us the time, I have more than three for you, and we'd glad we'd be glad to ask them to you on Wesson Walker. So you mentioned he's so football coach. I was I was doing some stuff today and getting in preparation for the show where I just went to Google and, and typed in Biff Pogey. There were pictures of him from his high school coaching days, coaching games in a sleeveless tank top. Yeah, I know that that's his thing, and it, he's so football coach. That's his thing, man. He looks great. He, I don't, I don't know how great he looks, but I think he looks great as yeah. my coach in a sleeveless, t- in a sleeveless shirt out there, just making sure everybody's doing their job. Yeah, I just said a sleeveless tank top, which is what it is. Like I just said the same thing back to back, but it wasn't. No, sleeve tank tops are my favorite. Right, of course. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, this this guy means business. Uh, yeah, TC, you are right. He did just drop the mic, and Jack said, "Is there a more electrifying man in Charlotte right now 
than Biff Pogey. It's if we're talking head coaches, it is certainly not Steve Clifford or Frank Reich. <laughs> Steve Clifford doesn't hold back. I don't want to say that he's boring, but I don't think anybody's as electrifying as he is at the head coaching spot right now. At least I wouldn't think so. Let's move on to the Mike Hill athlete uh, to the athletic director, I should say, in Mike Hill's comments earlier today on Mac and Bone. Here we are talking about moving conferences. Here's Mike Hill talking about just that. It's transformational for our program, for our university, and for all the reasons that you just articulated. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, this is a program that, that has a lot of momentum. We just set a school record with eight conference championships this past year, which is a remarkable feat, considering that we broke the previous year's record of five. Um, so we have teams that are performing at a really high level. And um, the bottom line is that the American sees that momentum and sees the potential in our place. We've talked about it before. The athletic department, it is moving in the right direction in really every single sport, I would say, except football and basketball. And I'm not even trying to say that 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 they're moving in the wrong direction. I like the direction they're going with Biff Pogey. That's Mm -hmm. not to say that they're going downhill, right? I just mean in the wins and losses. There are Charlotte softball team, excellent track. Baseball, we've already had success with their baseball team. It's been excellent all across the board. Basketball. Not meeting expectations. Ron Sanchez seems like he gets out of Dodge before he might get fired at the end of this next season. And then he goes back to Virginia where he once came from. Same thing with the football program, right? Will Healy, after a bowl season, a couple of years later, ends up being fired. I think it was the right decision. And now enter Biff Pogey. So if you can get these things back on track, then there's not too many weaknesses that you're talking about. I will say this, though. NIL... When your head coach comes out and talks about people donating to the football program, then you're going to have to answer questions about NIL yourself. Mike Hill, Mike Hill did that on Mac and Bone earlier today, discussing the issue, or maybe not just the Charlotte issue that is name, image, and likeness. We have a lot of NIL activity, uh, for sure, and I think everybody would like to see more, but this is not unique to Charlotte. I talked to my colleagues across the country, and uh, without singling any of them out, I would say there are schools that at the uh, at the Power Five level, and there are certainly programs at, at the uh, you know level of the American and others that are facing the same challenges. So this is not unique to us, but I think the fact that we have two platforms you know in place, there's a there's a collective that's in place that was formed this spring, uh, that's been that been funded by some some uh, people who are interested in the program and want to support it, uh, the Gold Mine Alliance, and then we also have the Niner Exchange, which is a platform we launched late in 2022 that allows businesses and individuals to connect directly with our student athletes. I have one more soundbite I want to get to before we move on. Maybe we can finish up some of our thoughts in the next segment. But I did want to get to this one from Mike Hill because here we are talking about the chicken or the egg thing. Are fans going to have to show up during home games in order to help you win more games or are you going to have to win more games first and then the fans will show up in that regard you could argue either way you want to but if that is the case as you move to a bigger more competitive conference as you do hope to win more football games and do hope to have more butts in seats and i would imagine you want more seats for those butts to fill well here's mike hill talking about possible stadium expansion yeah, so we're still, you know, we're obviously still working hard on, on uh, developing those plans. We're currently in what's considered the advanced planning stages. There's the process we go through with the state, um, and that we issued RFPs uh, a little earlier or late spring into early summer, and that process is continuing. And 
Um, we also are simultaneously, you know, sort of, you know, in the quiet uh, phase of our of our fundraising. It's a it's a massive project for football. Um, but you know, it's 14 months in from the time we announced that we were that we have renderings of a new state of a stadium expansion. We've made significant process progress rather and so but this process is one that does take some time and i think right now what our focus has to be is this upcoming season let's fill the dang stadium let's again the one the one that we have you know fifteen thousand three hundred seats because i think we can demonstrate to the community the need for more seats and uh, that will help us certainly with our efforts to, to raise the dollars needed to expand right before we start to expand then you need to fill those things out because there's nothing more embarrassing than having a football team that is getting beat down while not having anybody in the upper section of your stadium after you add some of those seats in the previous offseason just for no one to sit in. That would be bad. Now, ultimately, everything is going to be decided by winning games. You win more games, all of this gets a lot easier, and a lot of this figures itself out. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. WFNZ. We're live at the Westin for ACC kickoff. Well, you got to hear like 95% of that interview with Jeremy Michaels talking about the new schedule for the ACC network. Also got a Jeff Capel question in there. Like, hey, how do you like somebody clowning your programming? Didn't love it. Had the meeting. Good stuff. We'll put that on the website, WFNZ.com. All you have to do is click on the podcast tab, Wes and Walker. Going to be very easy to find. We'll have all that stuff up for you a little bit later on in the show. Going to try my best Wes Bryant impression right now by taking us to the campus. Kona! All right. We have the media. He does that every time, too. All right. Let's go into the sound bites. Here we go from Jim Phillips. He spoke yesterday at ACC kickoff discussing the situation at Northwestern after I thought maybe he might not even talk, talk on it whatsoever. He did give you a couple of comments on uh, a couple of his comments on the situation that took place earlier um, in the month. As you are aware, I released a statement last week. This is a very difficult time for the Northwestern community. And my heart goes out to any person who carries the burden of mistreatment or who has been harmed in any way. During my 30-year career in college athletics, my highest priority has always been the health and safety of all student-athletes. As you know, with this matter in litigation, I'm unable to share anything more at this time. 
So I didn't expect to hear much from Jim Phillips on that front anyway. That's about what I expected from him. And there was some more news coming out of Northwestern. The athletic teams will begin participating in mandatory in-person anti-hazing seminars conducted by outside groups. Beginning with the football team, of course, as athletic director Derek Gragg said, and he is committed toward making sure that nothing like this ever happens again. And so now, unfortunate as it is, it's extremely unfortunate, you're hoping that the other leagues will capitalize and making sure they don't have any situation like this happen for them to then say, we won't have anything else happen like this. Hopefully now you understand the example and Jim Phillips can get off running to this with making sure it does not happen whatsoever within the ACC regular season, this upcoming season, and beyond. Let's go to some more Jim Phillips audio. Next soundbite I wanted to play is Jim Phillips talking about how the league is indeed healthy and the unequal revenue distribution is a plan that they're working out right now. The league is healthy. It, it just is. And certainly there's rumblings. Again, we all saw what happened in the springtime. But the group has come together in a way, uh, to me, that demonstrates they want to work together to find solutions. We've worked with Fishbait on our eight-point plan, generating new additional revenue. The ESPN partnership is really strong. And ESPN and the ACC are completely motivated together to generate additional dollars. You see that the conference presidents and chancellors have initiated the success initiative, success incentive initiative, which is going to distribute dollars in a disproportionate way. We've never gone down that road before in the ACC, and I'm not sure many conferences have. And so revenue generation continues to be a priority. City, I'm going to kick this one back to you. So are you convinced by Jim Phillips when he says the ACC is healthy and then gives you evidence by saying it just is? Is that a convincing argument for you that the ACC is indeed healthy? Yeah, um, that's I mean, that's the best way of saying, yeah, we're not a healthy league, but I'm going to tell you that we're healthy. And this is this is the problem that I think we have with 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 the commissioner is that. He, he never really seems confident in what he's trying to sell us because everybody will tell you, hey, this league ain't, this league is not in the, in the best standing spot. And the best evidence of that is that when you had the, was it the Magnificent Seven or whatever they were calling themselves back That's in, right. you know, late May, early June, talking about another way to get out of the conference. So until that stops happening, until the Carolina, the Clemsons, the Florida States are actively trying to leave the ACC, Jim Phillips can try all he wants. He can't convince me that this league is healthy. All right, let's go to more Jim Phillips sound. Here he is talking about how we should expect to see more high-profile out-of-conference matchups because of the bigger margin of error. With the expanded playoff, I think you're going to see more of those kinds of games because you can, you can suffer a loss and maybe even two and still get into a 12-team playoff. So, you know, the, the, the unique thing about scheduling is it, it's done individually, so the conference office doesn't have a lot of um, influence on it. You know, we can, we've tried to set up some games like we did in Ireland, which will be great. That's a conference game. But uh, I commend our schools that are playing difficult non-conference games. And what I'd like to see in the selection moving forward is there being you know more emphasis on the games that you are playing right and what's the totality what's the resume look across a 12-game schedule not just what you've done in your own conference but who have you played in the non-conference schedule so look forward to those games and many more that you've described so with this non-conference schedule, maybe you're seeing bigger high-profile matchups between teams because of the bigger margin of error. To me, that reveals 
even though I understand what's going on, it feels like you're scheduling scared, at least in the previous years, because you don't want to suffer a loss, and then if you do lose, then you just think you're not going to have any shot to get to the college football playoff. I understand that being the goal for the top teams in all of these conferences, but that does lead to scared scheduling, which is an awful thing. Now, what's great is that North Carolina is going to open up their season against a South Carolina squad that had a very nice year last year, and you can only expect great things going forward under head coach Shane Beamer. Now the thing is Mac Brown is also talking about how he doesn't love the schedule. He's had so many different complaints. Fiddy, we'll throw it back to you. What do you think of Jim uh, Phillips' comments there about the high-profile matchups that we could see out of uh, out of conference? Yeah, this is actually something that he said that isn't wrong or, or, or he isn't lying about. I do think you'll see teams be more willing to play in these high-profile matchups in the non-conference portion of their season, and I think the sport needs that. Remember, like five, six, seven years ago, it felt like every – Every start of the season, the first two to three weeks, you had mammoth matchups all the way across the board. The playoff kind of dwindled that because now teams are like, well, we got to play nine conference games. We're not going to go play Oregon or we're not going to go play Notre Dame or whoever. Expanded playoff, I think you'll see that because even if you lose, if you go 10-1, and 11-2 or whatever, you're still going to be rewarded with a playoff spot at the end of the regular season. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully that will come to fruition. And Jim Phillips is right about that comment, seeing high-profile games, because that's exactly what everybody wants as a consumer of college football. Let's go to the last soundbite talking about the CW fitty where Jim Phillips discusses a new relationship. Here he is talking about... What used to be the WB, now the ACC going to be airing on the CW. We've had a great relationship with our TV partners. Um, you know, Raycom has been a wonderful partner of the, CC, uh, the ACC forever. And they were incredibly helpful along with ESPN in getting the CW. And I think all of you understand distribution and eyeballs and, and being able to be visible in all of the regions that our schools are, but across the country. And that was one of the things when I came you know, almost, well, two and a half years ago, um, the frustrations that we had about, I can't find my team. I can't find some of the games. And so Raycom will produce the games and they'll be distributed on the CW and CW is getting into sports, etc. I know they, they, you know, they have live golf and that, that's getting a lot of attention for different reasons, but we are really excited about that. So we get to see the CW secure the rights to 50 ACC games beginning September 9th with Pitt's football game against Cincinnati. 13 ACC football games will air Saturdays on the CW. They'll broadcast 28 ACC men's and women's basketball games through December, January, and February. And the ACC will have men's basketball doubleheaders on the CW every Saturday. Women's basketball doubleheaders on Sunday afternoons. Are you going to be tuning in to the CW a lot? And how good of a relationship? do you think this can be how uh how beneficial of a relationship do you think this will be for the acc fitty i just want to know is that you know when, when louisville and boston college are playing a four-hour marathon on saturday is the game going to be cut in for a rerun of smallville or supernatural like it's happened with live golf because if not then i'm gonna be pretty happy i i, I guess I, I don't hate it because raycom is going to be back in the fold they're going to be producing the games and stuff like that and I guess because it's on cable, it's going to be easier for, for much people or for a lot more people to find where the games are and everything. But, you know, if, if your TV relationships were so great with ESPN and you were making the money you were supposed to make off the ACC network, would you really be partnering with the CW? I think that answer is no.
Yeah, and, and that might be true. The thing for me where I think people are probably taking this and running with it, criticizing it a little too much, you're going to be able to watch a ton of games. And I do think that it's all about having as much exposure, even if it's not with one of these big-time TV, you know, one of these big-time TV outlets. It's not going to be like True TV when everybody is tweeting, hey, True TV, you know, or we're going to have to watch this. Why do you, I can't even find this channel once March Madness rolls around. You're good. This is going to be in your stream of consciousness instead of once every year like it is with March Madness. CW will be in the stream of consciousness for an entire football season. So I think that alone will bring the relevance. And as long as you can easily find it, then I don't have any problem with it. But to answer your first question, I just want to know, are they going to have some version of Clawson's Creek when Wake Forest plays football on the CW? That's my question that I have to all of the listeners out there. Smoke, don't give me that eyebrow raise. It's a great joke. 704-570. Yes! 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in, share your thoughts and comments. I did want to continue talking college football as we end the campus corner for now. So we heard from Josh Graham discussing some of his expectations for not only Miami football, saying that he thinks they're actually going to get to the ACC championship game, but we were also talking about North Carolina and how it's clearly going to come down to the defense. Fitty, do you agree with that? Do you think the offense can hold up enough in order for the defense to you know, finally come through, hold their end uh, of the bargain and figure out if we can uh, actually see North Carolina back in the ACC championship competing and actually winning. it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard-pressed for me to say that right now because I haven't seen them. I, I, I think, and, you know, if you want to give Flounder some more airtime, he can attest to that. The, the issue with Carolina defensively is, is that there is talent there. And the reason why we all bought in when Mac Brown hired Gene Chizik was he did wonders with Carolina's defense in 2015. That doesn't have half the talent that they have right now. And last year, it got even worse after you fired Jay Bateman, who was a terrible defensive coordinator and everything. If they can get better up front, you've got arguably one of, if not the best, linebacking duos in the ACC among, and among one of the better ones in all of college football. If you let those guys be able to get to the ball and make plays, I think you can see them take a massive step forward because I think if Carolina is top 65, top 70 in the country defensively, if Drake May rebounds from his four games that, that, that to end his, his, his a redshirt freshman season a year ago, I think Carolina will at least be in a position when they finish the regular season slate playing, you know, Clemson and NC State and those guys with a chance to get back to the ACC title game. And that's all you can really ask for. Well, and the question for me, too, it's is Drake May good enough to carry this team like he was last year, honestly, but you did have somebody like Josh Downs that was one of the better wide receivers in all of college football, and we've seen some of that talent, especially a couple of years ago when you had someone like Sam Howell, who was also a great college quarterback, where you had a running back tandem that was Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Absolutely amazing, and so we know that you have Drake May there. I think he can carry that offensive squad despite maybe not having as much talent, but Flounder, I'll bring it to you. What do you think of the wide receiver group that you have this year coming into this season? Is it as strong as they've had in the past? Are we sleeping on that unit? What say you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say as strong as we've had in the past. I, I am very encouraged by the group that is there. Um, you know, I, I like Devontae Walker as a transfer. Um, he did some really good things. People say, well, he's coming from Kansas State, so how good can he really be? Well, he shined against both Washington and more so against Georgia. So th this dude's this dude is definitely a perfect fit for what Carolina needs. Nate McCollum did it 
you know, at Georgia Tech. He's done it in the ACC before. He's a guy that last year had 655 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Uh, the 655 most since this will be a great poll for you. DeAndre Smelter back in 2014. Love it. And he's 60 catches a year ago. That is the most by a Georgia Tech receiver since Calvin Johnson was on campus. All right. So it shows you that he's a guy that sort of made them change what they did offensively. Now he's coming into a system that fits him better offensively. And you've got the guys that are holdovers from last year, like Kobe Pesor, who I love, um, Gavin Blackwell, who's taken a step. The running game, I think, is going to be stronger this year because there's going to be, to me, there's going to be a knowledge of what you've got. You know, last year when they went to Elijah Green, we didn't really know what Elijah Green was. Omari and Hampton started the first game of the year. He was a true freshman. So now you're going to have both of those guys leading your unit. Now they got to figure out what the rotation is going to be there. But if they can figure that out, Deems May, who was on with us, works you know for the uh, Tar Heel Radio Network. He said that the offensive line, they're doing some different things. This, this, this offense is still going to be good. And you've got a guy, look, man. Sam Howell, I love Sam Howell, man. That was my dude. I followed him since he was a freshman in high school when I used to cover him for the newspaper I worked for. So there was clearly with him, that was my guy. Drake May is more talented than him, man. Yeah, Like, Drake May is next level. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, he's going to be – look, we had that conversation a little bit with Sam Howell, but perhaps it was far-fetched. It's not far-fetched with Drake May being the second overall pick, possibly, possibly the first overall pick if Caleb Williams has any kind of down year. That'll do it for the Campus Corner. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. West at the beach after a long day working ACC media days yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Three-day event ACC kickoff was. Exciting week, though. We still have plenty of audio to comb through. I did want to get to the winners and losers and just give you an overall recap of some of the main takeaways that we had over the week. Favorite interview that you had? Was it Drake May getting to sit down with him alongside Kyle Bailey? Yeah, I mean, I guess the Carolina boy in me, as Kyle made known to Drake, would would probably go with Drake May as my favorite. And I, I think I said this when we were out there yesterday. Really impressed with Riley Leonard on Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Easy, as much as he's a dookie and I hate everything about that program, he is an easy guy to root for. I have an interesting article that was sent to me in a group chat between me and a couple of my friends. Mm. So the headline on, I believe it's today, 
The headline is Subway is offering a lifetime of free subs if you change your name legally. So the first paragraph is, want free subs for life? All you have to do is legally change your name to Subway. Yep, that's all. No big deal. The popular sandwich chain is on the hunt for its biggest fan and tempting loyal customers with a lifetime of Subway deli heroes if they're willing to make a major life change. The big question is, is it worth it? Would you change your name to Subway if it meant you got free Subway for life? You know, maybe if they wouldn't have quit, you know, skipping out on their toppings and their meat would have, wouldn't have gone downhill and their bread wouldn't have gotten stale more often than not. <laughs> maybe. Uh-huh. I'm a Jersey Mike's guy. So, okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, the question that's coming up. You know the question. Would I change it to Jersey Mike's Marlowe? Would, would you go around? <laughs> <laughs> that has a nice ring to it. it I'm does. not going to lie. I mean, so does Subway Marlowe, though. Like, I could just say, yeah, I got that. You know, it was a nickname I got. Like, no one would ever know. I mean, if if you were Jersey Mike Marlowe, I know you usually go to Jersey as an insult, especially when it comes to Willie P. Like, you joke about how he's from New Jersey, even though he's not. You joke about how Duke fans come from New Jersey. So, would you be Jersey Mike if it meant you got free Jersey Mike's for the rest of your life? Because you love Jersey Mike's. I'm with you, by the way. That's my favorite sub place as well. I. Yeah. Oh, look at you! You're you're. It's fifty fifty for you right now. You could go either way. I think I think I would. Jersey Mike's is one of the the few chain restaurants or cha- chain places that I would actually consider changing my name to. To get free food for life, yeah. like maybe that in Bojangles, Bojangles Marlowe. Bojangles is going to work for a lot of people. Yeah. It's just a good name. Um, the thing is, yeah, it, Ninja Dad said, I changed my name to Cookout for sure. <laughs> uh, Jersey Mike Marlowe is a great texter name. Yes, Patrick, you are spot on with that. That is a great text name. Uh, yeah, Cookout would be a great one. Taco Walker for Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Mail. <laughs> Taco Mail. Oh, Fitty, you just came up with something. That's good. Taco Mail. All right. Yes, that's it. Uh, I would love to know. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, how do I even make that a question generic enough for people to write in? Yeah, what's your what fast food restaurant name would you give yourself? It could be a variation. It could be Taco Mail <laughs> instead of Taco Bell. That's so good from you, Fitty. Jersey Mike. It's Jersey Mike and Taco Mel here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, a new midday show launched by our program director, Jeff Rickard, and we appreciate him for putting us on the air. Going to get my best Wes impression, even if it's a short segment. Time now for the campus. Kona! All right, we got some big news. Fiddy wanted to talk about it, so we created a segment for him. He said, look, Walker, this is something I got to get off my chest. I need to talk about Colorado moving back to the Big 12 and how it might be a sign of things to come. Give us your take, Fiddy. What do you make of Colorado moving? Yeah, I mean, like I was thinking about this last night, and I mean, I'm not going to say this is my sole opinion because this is something, believe it or not, Flounder and I kind of share the same belief on. The last 10 to 15 years, the sport of college football and college basketball, they've been turned upside down because of conference realignment. And I know Colorado is also going to say, look, we're going back to the Big 12 because of the TV deal they're going to get. And they're not wrong in that regard because the Pac-12 can't get anybody, not even the CW, to air their games. So they're going back to the Big 12, which is going to get a great TV deal here in the near future. But I also feel like all these schools that left their history, their traditions of what their programs were built on for more money, are going to come back to where the the pro the comes that they left because they're going to realize sometimes the grass isn't always greener. 
Like, I saw Willie tweeting about this the other night about those SEC checks cash at the end of every month. So you, you, you like getting the SEC bucks while your team is on SEC Network Plus getting its ass kicked every weekend? Like, I, I, I think there's going to become a rationale where, yes, we can make more money. But I also feel like you can also make that same amount of money if you're competing at a national level. And Colorado, with Deion Sanders back in the Big 12, I, I, I think it's going to be a lot easier to recruit. And I think you'll see some of these schools over time migrate back to the conferences that they left. Let's bring this topic back home. Because we had Joe Ovius on yesterday. And we were talking about the state of the ACC. And then we got into a joke reference about how these aren't the drones you're looking for. It felt like Jim Phillips was giving us mind tricks trying to say that the ACC was in a good place. That's how fans feel. We know there is a lot of criticism for that commissioner. But as I was saying that and giving the sentiment of the ACC fans, Joe interrupted and said, but it is in a good place which I have talked about how the CW is not a bad deal. I know people are making it out because it's weird. No doubt about it. This is the same place you tuned in to watch Dawson's Creek. And now, as I stick with the joke, now you're tuning in to see Clawson's Creek. I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get the CW is not where you expected to watch your college football. But also, who cares? Who cares? And now as we're talking about the Magnificent Seven coming together to try to figure out how to come up with a different pay plan, we understand that the contract doesn't run out until seven years. And now you have a new TV deal. You do have Jim Phillips saying they're working on the pay distribution. So, especially when you compare it to the conference out west, and you got Colorado going back and forth, Michael Scott, snip, snap, snip, snap, going back to the Big 12. Is the ACC really in all that bad of a spot? No, it might not be the SEC, but isn't it a bad spot? To me, that's where I think probably the criticism is overblown. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's not in a bad spot on the basketball court. I mean, Duke and Carolina just met in the Final Four. Miami was in the Final Four this past year. Virginia's won a national title within the last decade. So has Carolina and Duke. And as much as I love college basketball, I'd hate to say this, like that doesn't drive the narrative. That doesn't drive the conversation. If we get a Clemson-Florida State ACC championship game this year and Miami's 9-3, 10-2, they're competing for a New Year's Six Bowl game, Jim Phillips come back and say, our conference is in a good spot. It's such a good point, though, and it's so simple that Joe was making yesterday because it does simply fall on Florida State being good, a traditional powerhouse in college football, and same with Miami, even though it's been a long time, right? Like, it used to be. I'm not saying it is now. Yeah. That's the very problem. But it's not crazy to think that Miami could get back to the top. I just keep falling you know, down the stairs with those takes. Everybody does with trying to see if the U was back. We had one year where we flirted with that a little bit more than usual when Mark Richt came over to Miami and had, what, an 11-win season, something like that. And eventually, they faltered at the end of the year, and it wasn't able to be replicated after that. Then Manny Diaz comes in after having a great defensive coordinator tenure. Manny Diaz not necessarily able to get anything off the ground running. Now you have Cristobal, who's supposed to be the next savior, what do you know? Miami football doesn't live up to the hype from last year. And now you know, we're trying to figure out if they can do it again. Yeah, call me stupid, Walker. I, I know. I, I know. I know. I don't think it's this year. I I think they're still a year away. What what he did, he was never going to take the job and say, hey, I'm going to tear everything down and rebuild. Because I don't think that's what he wanted to do. But I think it's really what he had to do. If Mario Cristobal cannot get Miami in a – in the 12-team playoff world, 
into the playoff every other year, then I think it'll be fair to say that the U is dead. The fact that you're even asking for another year, though, right? Like, it's not going to be this year. So that means we have to go through this again. Well, because you got Clemson, you got Drake May, but this Jordan is, Travis. But think about it. Think about it. Even with Clemson, I mean, Clemson is going to be there every year, though. If Clemson isn't at its most vulnerable point, uh, vulnerable point now, then when will they be? So you're going to be able to say the same thing after this next season. Well, you have Clemson, you have Florida State, especially if FSU establishes itself. And then we're going to get the reload test that I so often mention. Mm. FSU after they lose guys this year, because they're going to lose a lot. It's They're going to lose Jared Verse. He's going to be a top five, top ten pick. Jordan Travis could be going to the NFL then. Now you're going to have Trey Benson who could be leaving, right? Johnny Wilson if he has a big year. So can Florida State reload to the point where we expect them to be good? That will be their real test. But if they pass it, then this is the time, right? This feels like the time that Miami, you wonder, and that's exactly why Josh Graham picked him. It's exactly why he is cornering the market on Miami, getting to the ACC championship game. And it's not crazy. It's not crazy, the case that he laid out. I did want to get to a couple of other texts because I asked people, would they change their name to a certain fast food restaurant if it meant that they got that fast food free for life? And there are a couple people writing in about cookout. That's fantastic. I like 704's, uh, 704's take. Viva Chicken Ron. I like v- or Carburito. Never had Carburito. Ooh, what is that? I don't know. It sounds good, though. <laughs> you're right. Uh, yes, you, you were right with your intrigue with all of that. That does sound very good. Um, people still love the name Jersey Mike Marlowe. It just rolls off the tongue. There's no doubt about it. Big Cat Dan is just having a field day with this he conversation. Is, <laughs> <laughs> Big Cat Dan has given us a couple. How about Big Chick-fil-A Dan? Firehouse Marlowe. See, that actually matches your persona, too. Not only does it match a subplace, but it matches your persona of being Firehouse Marlowe. I could totally get down with that nickname. I like it. And then final one from Big Cat Dan. I can rock with Duck Donut Dan or Duck Donut Simmons also. Either one. Either one. We can roll with it. Feel free to text in your thought on what name you would change, your, uh, what fast food chain you would change your name to.